0: Welcome everyone to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling in the helping spirits to be with us. And so I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to these people who lived well and died well, who bring the legacy forward of all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines. I call out to these ancestral helping spirits to be with us here today and to do the job of the ancestors, which is to remember and to whisper in our ears that we might learn from their remembering and do things that need to be done differently in a new way to innovate, create, heal, reconcile, make peace, and move on. And that we also might learn from that remembering and those whispers that which remains true, that which we need to continue, that which cultivates um, a better world for those who are coming and so I call out to these ancestors of all of our many lines of this great human family to gather round us here today and to hold us well and to help us help us the living to do what we are meant to do for those who are coming And I call out to those ancestors that were here long before there was ever a human, to that whole dream of life in its great uh, diversity of forms, in all the many, many beings that share this world with us. I call out to these ancestors and ask you to help us to remember the wildness in our heart, the deep, deep calling of our own true nature, and how to be our part of that great web of life and to bring in the blessings that humans are meant to bring. So I call out to these ancestors, these non-human ancestors, to be with us just as surely here today to help us to understand who we are and what we've come here to do, and do it in a way that makes beauty in the world. And as these ancestors gather round us here today, let us be responsible and gather ourselves. Let's gather our awareness from wherever it might be and draw it from wherever that is. Well, it could be many places, but to gather it and draw it into our heads And with the next breath, to draw our awareness from our heads into our hearts. And with the next breath, from our hearts down into our bellies. And from our bellies, let us reach. Reach down to the earth and take a moment and to give thanks. Give thanks for your day and all that it holds in store for you. The challenges and the blessings. Because we know the way life works, sometimes those blessings end up being challenges. And the challenges themselves evolve into blessings. So let us give gratitude for it all. Gratitude for the great diversity around us. Gratitude for the beauty around us. And let us give thanks for the awe-inspiring miracle of life. And taking responsibility for our little piece of that life, let us move our energy down through all the layers of the earth. Letting our gratitude flow from our hearts as we go down and down and down into the very center of the earth. And take a moment to connect there. Connect into the silence into the stillness connect into the darkness and these energies that allow us to renew to refresh and to restore ourselves we reach deeply into this energy that nourishes life and we reach deeply into this energy that is the potential before it rises to the surface of the earth and explodes into what we call abundance And so as we reach deeply into the energy of the earth, let us draw it up into ourselves, into our day, into our life, into these proceedings. We draw up the energy of the earth, and we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand through its wisdom and its teaching about manifestation. Help us to understand connection and interconnection and this web of life that we are part of. Help us to ground ourselves, to know who we are and where we stand, to know what we stand for, And to build a life there around that which has heart and meaning for us. And let us build our sense of home and our sense of family around not just history, but that which truly has heart and meaning and supports life going forward. Let us open our table for those who are different than us. Let us open shelter to those who are other than we are and open ourselves to be inspired by those who are different than we are to provoke us into the growth and creativity and the manifestation of who it is we were truly meant to be and let this beauty and diversity of the earth help us to become and as we give gratitude for that let us allow our energy to be taught by the earth how to connect and interconnect like the great ecosystems ecosystems around the planet until we can finally understand how to come into right relationship with ourselves, right relationship with others right relationship with the environment and right relationship with the spirit world and let us draw that energy in that possibility of the blessing of feeling that oneness and draw that energy up from our bellies to our hearts and our hearts to our minds, and with great gratitude to the energy of the earth, let us rise up with the energy of the earth, up into the sky, whatever weather it holds for you today, out through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos, reaching all the way to the highest power of the universe, by whatever way you conceive of that energy or name it or know it, however that might be, let us connect with it and to truly open ourselves and honor that there are many ways to know this energy and that it is simply our task in life to know it. To know it in us and us in it and to draw this energy down into our day, drawing it down into our bodies, into these proceedings, into our life. And in this way, we call in the essence energy of blessings. We call in protection. We call in the support and the quality of energy that allows us to commit and devote ourselves to the path forward that is unfolding. And we call in these energies that can illuminate and inspire for those moments where we might lose our way or falter in our steps. We call these energies in and ask them to help us. To align with our own truth in our head and our heart and our belly. And as we send this sky energy down to connect with the earth, we have opened our center channel. Open to the energies above and below these two great legendary lovers that create in that love, that connection of these two energies, the all, the everything. And we ask that big love that all of this experience of form came out of to awaken the spirit of our own hearts, that unique and wondrous being that beats in each of our chests. We ask this big love to awaken that heart. And in the heart spirit, let us open up that crucible of transformation that we each carry and let us draw up the fiery passions of our belly that burn with the knowing of why we are here and call down the crystal clarity of our mind that looks around in our world today and says, hmm, this is how I'm going to need to do that. And we draw these energies together in the heart that they might inform each other, they might provoke each other, they might inspire each other into some deep knowing some memory, some sense some recognition of why we are here and may you find the courage in that very same and beautiful human heart to do something in this day large or small to take a step forward and manifest your gifts in the world and for all of the absolutely uncountable amounts of spirit help that we have to support us in those courageous acts I give great thanks May what needs to be said, be said, and what needs to be heard, be heard, and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. So I'd also like to give special thanks uh, to those of you that are um, dancing with me in the understanding that Why Shamanism Now is listener-supported, that we are moving into our eighth year live on the air, and this is only happening because you are willing and able to offer your financial support to help to pay the bills to keep the show on the air. And I am deeply grateful to Walter and Christopher, Nina, Elizabeth, Mary-Therese, John, Kareem, and all of the listeners who are willing to donate financially. Um, If this show moves you in any way, even if it moves you into frustration or irritation or excitement and exaltation, however it is that it moves you, um, I ask you to allow that movement of the heart to move you into action in some way um, to support the show because this is the fundamental core of shamanic work in the world, is that we allow that which has value and meaning in our hearts to move and motivate our actions in the world. And so I ask you to do something. It can be anything, large or small. It can be donating financially, sharing the shows, bringing the teachings into your work um, in your own lives, sharing them with others, whatever it is that you do. I ask you to do something. If you are moved by the show, do something to help the show to grow. And if you haven't discovered it yet... Um, The show archives are at whyshamanismnow.com, and there's a support button there, and you can scroll down and donate any amount, large or small. And, of course, as always, if you're uncomfortable with that, you can email me at at lastmaskcenter.org, and I would be happy to give you a regular old-fashioned address for a regular old-fashioned check. And so thank you all for all that you are doing to help the show um, grow and be vital and hopefully meaningful to you in your contemporary lives. As we all explore together, how do we directly apply shamanic skills, shamanic thought, shamanic actions to our contemporary lives? So with that said, we are live today. And if you have any questions about today's topic, you are, of course, welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or you can Skype in live from the co-creatornetwork.com site. Or, of course, you can email me. Since many of you listen to the shows after their live presentation, you're welcome to email me at, at org and I'll do my best uh, to answer your questions. So today's topic is um, accessing the four wisdom bodies. And this is not... Um, a concept that a lot of people are aware of, because we have a tendency to process our lives as contemporary people through our mind, which means we're really accessing and utilizing the wisdom of our mental body. Um, And what today's show is about is the way that we can use our shamanic skills in in a certain sense, unlike other skill sets, shamanic skill set in particular allows us to use the same skills to be able to ex- access all four of our wisdom bodies. And so the other three would be our physical wisdom body, our emotional wisdom body, and our spiritual wisdom body, um, given the fact that for most of us, we are, we're pretty well engaged in our mental wisdom body as contemporary people. Okay, so the thing is, shamanic skills allow us to engage in our world, engage with each other, engage with the invisible world, and engage even with ourselves and our own inner world in a non-ordinary reality way. So in a way that integrates both intelligence and intimacy, um, vision and practicality. These 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 energies that are often... Um, seemingly incompatible, that our shamanic skill set allows us to bring these energies together in a dynamic tension that allows us to move forward in the world um, in a different way than if we were purely processing our life through our mental wisdom body. Um, And so these skills are unique in that to use them fully, to use a shamanic skill set fully, we actually must engage all four of the wisdom bodies simultaneously however we contemporary western thinking people are trained to engage in the world through the rational mind through the mental wisdom body and um and there's even um depending on where you were raised and how we were raised a certain sort of um, the rational part of the mental wisdom body is acceptable, but that um, sort of crazy creative imagination part of the mental, eh, not so much. So even the the mental wisdom body isn't entirely embraced in Western culture. Um, but the point is, even if we don't argue, make that argument and just say, okay, the mind is mostly accepted um, – That largely then we've engaged in this rising presence and awareness and connection with shamanism through our rational mind because that's how we were already positioned to engage with the world. And so if we continue to do this, my sense is is that we will not step into the full power and the possibility that shamanism offers us to really become the medicine our world needs. You know, by sharing out the gifts that we're all born to bring um, into the world. And I say this not as a um, criticism but more as a critique because I'm one of these people too. I certainly engaged initially in all of my shamanic training largely through my mind. What else could I have done? I'm a contemporary Western person too. That's really the only training that I had. And so what I'm talking about today is is sort of saying, yes, thank you, and. Yes, thank you. We all need to be able to walk through a door we can actually get through. And if our mental wisdom body is the one that we can function in, we need a door in to the realm of shamanism that we can work with and so moving into this realm through the mental wisdom body in and of itself is not a problem as long as once we get into the shamanic realm we do not let the mind to then dominate our entire experience there and it is important for us to be able once we're in the shamanic realm to then allow shamanism to do what it does which is get us to awaken and begin to operate simultaneously with our other three wisdom bodies in addition to our mind and of course notice I am not saying turn off your mind because we shamanism actually requires a great deal of clever intelligent strategic thinking Um, it's not something you do where you can just turn off your mind but it does require using it in different ways and so I want us to really look deeply at what we're doing and ask, you know, are we tapping the potential of what we could do with our shamanic work? And I know absolutely from my several decades of experience here that we aren't. It's not that we're not doing good work, we are, but we're not really moving wholeheartedly into the potential of what we could be doing. So let me share a really concrete example from one session from my weekend of sessions. Okay, so without you know exposing uh, details of a person's personal healing. So in this person's standard soul retrieval session, um, the person received soul parts back. And the question is, does this person have the ability to actually connect with the parts now that they're brought back? So this this um, requires not just intellectually to be able to conceive of this in a way that allows that to happen, but to be able to connect emotionally, to be able to... Um, uh, step out of the pattern of their psychology and to experience themselves differently you know so the, this this to just connect with soul parts that are brought back requires not only mental um, a- engaging your mental wisdom body but your emotional wisdom body as well so so will this person be able to integrate these soul parts over the next several months now these particular soul parts um, had uh, split off in such a way that really disoriented the development of her own adult relationships with the archetypal energy of the sage or the wise person and the archetypal energy of the child. And these two energies are in a complementary dualistic relationship inside of us that guide us in life in this kind of balance between wisdom and adventure and not knowing and uncertainty. And this relationship was completely messed up within this adult woman because of this childhood soul loss. So that's a next level of integration of one simple soul retrieval session, no, one normal, ordinary soul retrieval session. And then the next level that was emerging in her session was that um, that that because of the distortion, the shadow guidance had uh, um, arisen that was really distorting a series of life choices that had then a, then set up a series of patterns in how she moves her energy through the day, the choices about moving through the day, which are the basic choices, practice, food, activities, etc., boundaries, how you navigate your boundaries, all the basic choices we all have to make. But had set up patterns for how this person made those choices that all had contributed over a decade to really serious chronic health problems, right? So, so this is one session with one person over the weekend, right? And so the question is, th- and this is what I mean by I don't see us really accessing the full potential because most people interpret their shamanic work psychologically, maybe somewhat shamanically, but still through the mind. And here we have one session with one person where they are forced by one single journey in the healing that came from it to access all four wisdom bodies but we don't know how to do that because we're not pushing in our education around shamanism and its application to our lives and our practice to engage all four wisdom bodies because it's very counterculture to do that so in this particular example with this woman to accomplish any of these steps and these are just the layers I actually can remember offhand right now while I'm talking to you So I'm not even sure there weren't a couple more. There is considerable ability to be agile within the wisdom and the mental body and to work with that together with the emotional body. Most of us can't work with our mental body and our emotional body at the same time because we haven't created the discipline in the mind to not simply tell the emotional body it's crazy and it should go away. Right, And so then there's the work with archetypal energies, which is not just mental, but it's also connecting to our spirit body and its wisdom and how that informs our personal, like my personal little Christina experience with the actual larger experience of the soul that is here incarnating as Christina, right? Same thing with you guys. Okay. And then we move on then to working with these shadow energies that are driving these patterns that are creating the underlying foundation for the illness and the physical uh, problem that she's experiencing. So this is where it starts to engage then and, and distort the wisdom of the physical body. Um, There's emotional body body wisdom in here and a need to reframe the current mental body information around all of this. It's about restoring original wisdom and realigning it with the spirit body, with the reason she came into this life. So one person, one session, one weekend in an everyday ordinary shamanic practice and right there – all four wisdom bodies are actually needed and the skills to access them for this one person to integrate one shamanic healing session so this is the point that I'm trying to make is we we now need to say thank you very much for this door into the shamanic world called getting there through my mind and now we all need to hitch up our britches buckle our seat belts, and actually enter as thoroughly into the other three wisdom bodies as we have here in our mental body. So what I see all around me is people reaching for greater depth by creating greater mental complexity in their shamanic work. So this complexity is arising because we as contemporary practitioners are trying to understand the other wisdoms through the mind, which doesn't work because they have their own logic, they have their own wisdom. They have their own perspective through which they um, see the world and they don't make any sense to the mind. And so this enormous complexity and these complex stories about dimensions and subtle energies and aliens and all the stuff that's, that's arising right now to explain really simple things that are going on, but it's trying to explain it purely staying in the mental realm. So it's getting really complicated. And the problem is at this level here of action, complexity doesn't help us. It needs to be simple. So the mind can be simple in its realm of wisdom. I'm not saying the mind doesn't, isn't capable of it. In its realm, the mind can be very simple, very clear, very clean, very discerning. Um, It does make a terribly complex mess when it's trying to describe or understand any of the other wisdom bodies, Um, much less or I should say even more of a mess when it's actually trying to explain the way out of the problems in the other wisdom bodies. So if we're not accessing the potential in contemporary shamanism, then why are we doing it this way? I mean that's the question I'm really asking. Why do we keep trying to do this all through our mind if it's not really allowing us to access the potential? And I really honestly, sincerely, in the biggest compassionate place I can find in my heart saying, because we couldn't have done it any other way. To rail against this way that we have entered this realm as contemporary people is silly. This is where we came from. This is who we are. This is where we came from. Um, It's where we were. There's nothing we can do about that. We've been trained to interpret our experience of life entirely through the mind and to be highly suspect of information um, that is not of the mind. And so to the degree – and we're suspect to the degree of actually diagnosing any other way of knowing as a mental illness, literally, right? And so this is is the reality that we're coming from. And so what's important is that we simply learn to interpret what needs to be interpreted through the physical body's wisdom – what needs to be interpreted through the emotional body's wisdom and the spirit body's wisdom as we have learned to interpret through the mental body wisdom i mean let's look let's look at the facts here it took john who who is a phd right molecular biologist writer professor of medicine emeritus right so in other words straight white guy with all the credentials it took him decades decades to get people to grasp the simple profound wisdom for our health and our mind and our spirit of meditation of a regular sitting practice right decades of a guy who had the credentials to get people to listen to him so this is the challenge that we are facing each within ourselves is our deep cultural distrust of the other wisdom bodies and yet if we're going to call ourselves shamanic practitioners And especially if we're going to call ourselves shamanic healers, you know, if we're going to do that, we need to move into this frontier of the four wisdom bodies. Um, And so, you know, that's the thing we have to remember this is where we came from when Carlos Castaneda was publishing his books and Michael Harner was beginning to teach shamanic journeying, that we greeted shamanism through the mind's wisdom body. And we engaged through books, which keeps us in the mind's wisdom body. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't read books. We began journeying, especially uh, especially those who focus exclusive, exclusively on the visionary aspect of journeying. That has kept us in the mind's wisdom body. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't be journeying. So let's face it, just listening to this podcast and never taking any of it into action or practice in your life is keeping you in your mental wisdom body. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to the podcasts. We need the wisdom of the mental body. There is no journey, there is no altered state without the power of our imagination to go somewhere different than what is ordinary. And there is nothing wrong at all with the wisdom of the mental body. Our error is in trusting those who would teach that it is the only wisdom that there is. Our error is in continuing to believe. That the wisdoms of the other three wisdom bodies are not equally valuable and are not equally necessary. So as long as we continue to practice shamanism primarily through our mental wisdom body, we will continue to tap only 25% of the power of shamanism in our lives. So think about that. Um, This is – think about the power of shamanism in our lives, how it has changed – my life, I get emails from you all all the time about how it's changing your life so this is the power of shamanism to change our lives right? and this is maybe 25% of the power shamanism has to help us create transformation and we are limiting it by our refusal to truly and seriously develop the other three wisdom bodies to really open up to 100% of the possibility and the potential of what shamanism has to offer us and so this is where I'm asking us to go now Uh, to engage in our shamanic life and our practice through all four wisdom bodies so that we can change not only our life but our communities and then our culture and then how we engage as humanity on the earth so that it becomes ultimately the potential of a global transformation. And I believe that we can do that if we will intentionally truly open up to the full wisdom of the other three wisdom bodies so as humans we have these four wisdom bodies mental physical emotional and spiritual and you know what's interesting about the mind body spirit movement right all one word right mind body spirit is it doesn't include the emotional and so once again this is the the big piece that i believe shamanism brings to the whole conversation which is it it's absolute refusal to leave out the heart to leave out the power of the heart, but also to leave out the wisdom of the heart to understand more deeply what is actually going on here. And of all of the wisdom bodies, I think the mental body and the emotional body are the furthest away from being able to understand each other. Thus, the challenge with bringing in the emotional peace. Nonetheless, the heart has its own logic it has power it has vision it has strength and the most important thing is it is the place in which we are open to others and it is only through cultivating our gift of openness our courage to be open to the other that we will be able to connect in new ways that allow the associations to happen that are going to bring in the new answers the new ways of being that which is going to allow us to actually transform what at the moment appears to be impossible. So so for many, learning to listen to the wisdom bodies... is preceded first by healing our relationship with the wisdom body. In other words, we're so damaged around our emotional life, we can't really listen to the wisdom of the emotional body because it's utterly distorted by the um, emotional sort of drama that is coming out of our unresolved woundedness. To grossly oversimplify it, but anyway. So this is why then each year of the cycle teachings begins with learning to heal why you are not accessing the wisdom of one of the four bodies. There are four years because there are four wisdom bodies. They are all equally important. They all get the same um, amount of time for us to heal, for us to learn to apply the skills, and for us to be able to begin to fully engage and value um, the wisdom of that wisdom body. Um, So um, once we learn to listen then we learn to interpret and then we learn how to take action based on the guidance of that kind of wisdom. And this includes how to work with the wisdoms together as a whole because, of course, they're not separate. They are completely integrated and in relationship not only with each other, but it's all in relationship with us. And so this is the – this ability is what I personally gained through the cycle teachings. I mean – To be honest, as I learned basic shamanic skills like a whole bunch of other people at the Foundation for Shamanic Studies in the first couple years, at the same time, kind of simultaneously, the cycle teachings were happening to me. And I didn't understand that they were teachings. All I knew is whatever was happening to me was happening to me. But over the years, um, with the help of spirit... They've been shaped into a whole series of teachings and a whole clarity of a cosmology that can be shared with others and that are valuable to others. I mean, I didn't go at this saying, This happened to me, so it's going to be valuable to you. I went at this doing what Spirit told me to do and seeing that it was valuable for other people and then bringing the depth of my own experience to it so that we could see the fullness of what it was. And that's really where the cycle teachings come from, is this authentic relationship with spirit, but also doing it, seeing whether it worked, seeing whether we interpreted correctly, right? Working our shamanism, basically. So anyway, back to the point today. So as a whole, the four years of the cycle teachings give you the means and the ability to engage your shamanic practice through all four wisdom bodies, and that's what makes it different is the intentional engagement not to become a shamanic healer as fast as you possibly can but to open up your capacity to be in right relationship with all four of your wisdom bodies as fast as we can and to do so in a way that is an integrated whole within you not separate aspects of your life And so this is really why a cosmology matters because the four wisdom bodies need to be brought together in relationship to each other as a big oneness, as a big whole. So first what matters for you in your life is does your shamanic cosmology include the four wisdom bodies and the skills to use them? And then does it allow you to work with the complexities of your life – Um, that you need to work with with all four of the wisdom bodies contributing simultaneously and synergizing with each other to inspire new things. That's what a cosmology does. And many of us aren't engaging the power of shamanism because we're practicing shamanic skills without the actual um, value of the container of a cosmology. Okay, so... What do we learn from each of the wisdom bodies? Why should you bother? Okay. So well, I'm going to just kind of go through the fundamental wisdoms and how I experience them in shamanic work. But with that said, I want to remind you, the mental body is the one we're most familiar with. And, and it's got huge depth and breadth. Any body of wisdom has huge depth and breadth. There. Um, I far too much for me to talk about all four in one podcast, right? So I'm just going to talk about the fundamentals um, and give you some examples so you can kind of see what realm I'm actually talking about and then in the next um, four shows, each show will go more deeply into one of the four wisdom bodies okay, but today I want to talk about them as a whole Okay. Uh, I also want to look at, you know, explore sort of what does it feel like or look like when this wisdom body is in excessive use or deficient. So you, you can get sort of this territory that I'm trying to talk about here today. Okay, so the fundamental wisdom of the physical body is the wisdom of how to live well. How to make the choices that support the health of your body. And this is as much about learning what to eat as it is about learning how to stay connected to the source so that the source is constantly renewing and flowing through you and that that energetic flow is supporting the actual physical flow, emotional flow and mental flow that needs to happen in your life. And so the important thing about understanding the wisdom of the physical body, it is not confined only to physical things. But that it is about the wisdom of how to live well in your physical form. And so it is much about grounding, which is an energetic practice, as it is about the physical exercise that you do for your actual physical well-being. So the manifestation in a shamanic practice is really the essence of it, is The question, does this grow corn? So that's the fundamental question for the wisdom of the physical body in your shamanic practice, which is, is what I'm doing effective? Is it growing corn? Which is a metaphor. Um, but the point is are you spinning your wheels are you in vision land are you doing one of the many many things we as contemporary people do which ends up then resulting in us not actually applying what we're learning from spirit in our life in a way that is effective that grows corn so that is the deep wisdom of the physical body does it affect life here in a way that brings greater beauty to all living things does it grow corn okay great so you got nine pictures in your journey but what does it mean what will you do with it here in the world now to feed the children so that's really bringing the wisdom of the physical body into our shamanic experience Most people really don't have trouble getting the big visions, getting the beautiful poetry in their visions, getting inspired by their visions. But bringing it into action in the world, that is effective action, is the next step. And that's the wisdom of the physical body that's really important in our shamanic practice. Okay, so I was just actually reviewing this with my own student community just this winter as we did a great, great piece of solstice work Um, and we had these wonderful poetic answers that came out of this combination of people working really well in their deep journey work their ritual work with their solstice fire and dancing and embodiment journeys that um, brought all of this wisdom together and they did a really great job of understanding what they were being guided to do by spirit but then largely people were stopping there you know basking in the glory of their answer But not shifting to apply the wisdom of the physical body um, to bring those answers into what is that guiding me to do in service of this community? Because of course, this was all in the context of our um, student community around the cycle teachings. Um, so that's a good example of, you know, even in my own community of where we are stopping in that mental place of, ooh, look at the pretty pictures. Wow, I'm so inspired by the poetry of my journey. <gasps> oh, that feels, it rings so true. That's definitely right for me. And... Does it grow corn? Or in this case, more appropriately, how will you make it grow corn? Yes, it's right. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's poetic. Yes, it's really all about you and your essence. And how will you manifest those gifts in the world? Okay, so basically, um, one manifestation then of physical body wisdom in excess would be extreme disciplines around what are otherwise healthy practices so that the practices then are, are practiced I guess in a way that overruns the message from the body um, that's saying um, excuse me we are out of balance. <laughs> it's like yes this activity is a healthy activity but we're doing it in such a way that we are driving ourselves out of balance and so one of the um, cultural examples we have of this is distance runners and cyclists who, because of the nature of the, the hours spent in those activities, get into an anaerobic state, which is acidic and um, really fosters the possibility of cancer. You know, so that sense of doing things with such extreme discipline that we can actually go use healthy activities to move us into a state of um, dishealth or lack of health or Whatever um, so the other aspect of um, excessive discipline would be the application of our shamanic practice without adequate amounts of play, joy, you know true young expression, um, you know um, all work and no play, um, and so this is a imbalance would be an imbalance then in applying the wisdom of the physical body. The other thing is often uh, we can see. That we are um, not applying the wisdom well in, in when we're creating any situation that is stopping movement and flow from happening, because a deep deep underlying wisdom of the physical world is movement and flow, movement and flow, movement and flow. Okay. Um, so so this often presents in people's diets where people get um, uh, bring in some kind of religious idea about their diet or some other belief they got somewhere about their diet and they refuse to change that diet in spite of the fact that it's driving them towards a kind of poor health. So it's holding on to a belief that is um, being manifest in a way that is contrary to actual sort of physical health. Okay. So deficiency – in physical body wisdom would be um, not listening to the physical body's wisdom in a way that ignores or disregards the value or importance of your physical health. Now this, this deficiency around physical body wisdom I see strongly manifest in shamanic circles, in people's ignoring of the steps necessary to bring their physical health into balance and searching constantly for non-ordinary reality answers for spirit answers that are going to solve the fact that they simply eat the wrong foods they eat too much food they you know that looking for the magical shamanic spirit answer you know the magical unicorn That's going to jump into your life and your heart and keep you from all of your unhealthy, addictive behavior that's trashing your health. And I see this constantly in shamanic circles, this propagation of poor health um, and, and looking elsewhere for the answer instead of trusting the tried and true factual wisdom of the physical body. And at the heart of this physical body wisdom is the ability to discern between addiction to something and the love of something. And I see this in shamanic circles as well. This, this, um, because the physical body is out of balance in its health, that the interpretation ends up being skewed. And people end up acting in um, creating an addictive relationship in a place where they really want to create a loving relationship. So the addiction becomes the means by which we connect instead of the love. And and this I see um, in people's relationship with their own shamanic practice, actually. And so ultimately, the wisdom of the physical body is expressed through the body and the world as a balanced manifestation of your love for yourself, for the world, for your work, for other people. That it's all balanced and that it generates a state of health and healthiness okay so the wisdom of the emotional body comes from allowing a healthy balanced emotional response to life to inform you of the deeper meaning and value in what is going on or the lack of value in what is going on or the lack of deeper meaning in something that, that is the mind is all wrapped up in but it's actually lifting off and flying away from where the true heart and meaning is. So that's the wisdom of the emotional body at its kind of, at a fundamental place. And it allows you to intuit the connections that are not apparent or are not logical to the mind, right? And it allows you to show up with courage in the moment where that seems uh, folly or foolish. And so the, the wisdom of the emotional body um, reads the energies that are non-apparent and interprets things through the value of connections and what has meaning and value and purpose in our life. Um, and in shamanism, this is seen, for example, if we think about an Amazonian shaman, you know, making his or her um, heart or humanity, in a sense, available In the community to diagnose what is going on with other people. You know, it's as a human being able to understand what is vexing the other humans. Um, And then being able to step that emotional uh, energy, that humanity back, and then in working with the remedy being able to simply use the emotional body as a way to discern you know, good energy or bad energy. Does this make me feel disgusted or does it make me feel excited? And really working with their emotional wisdom as an instrument to be played um, in the shamanic state to help determine the path forward of the remedy. And that's very different from being emotionally engaged in the people and hearing their problems and understanding where connections need to be made, where they need to be broken and all of that. And so we see that um, engaging and disengaging and yet staying connected to the wisdom of the emotional body without being connected to the actual relationship emotions. This is this the – Shamanic indigenous shamanic practitioners all over the world are masters of this movement in this wisdom of the emotional body. So when our emotional body is not clear and available to us, we lose our the accuracy of our felt sense. And then we're actually unable to diagnose properly. And this is another thing that back to the whole making it more complicated because we're interpreting it clearly, truly through the mind or, or, completely through the mind. Well you can't really interpret another person's emotional issues which is a lot of what comes to shamanic practitioners through the mind. You have to interpret through the wisdom of the emotional body to see it simply and properly. And so that's why people get often these really unbelievably complex um, diagnoses and remedies because it's all being processed through the mind. Um, And so to diagnose properly, we need to also be seeing through the other wisdom bodies, and this helps us to be able to understand what's going on for, for the patient, how to interpret our journeys, et cetera, because, because of the, the way in which not using the other three wisdom bodies distorts our interpretation of our um, altered state work. Okay, so emotional body. When we're in an excessive emotional state, we overindulge in the emotions of the story. We tend to churn again and again and again through the story without learning from it or gaining insight from it. And it is um, also seen as a kind of overindulgence in the story itself or the emotions of the story, getting sort of trapped or falling into an emotional pit. And so in shamanism, the most common expression of this uh, is feeling so strongly that you're meant to do something of meaning in the world that you must be called to be a shaman, right? Instead of realizing that, of course, your shamanic work is supporting your sense of having a purpose because it's true. You do. We all do. That's a given from the spirit world's perspective, Right? The important thing is to align the inner spirit of the heart with your outer expression in the world. And we need a healthy, balanced heart to be able to do that. And so that, that strong, driving feeling that you have purpose is simply you feeling reality. It's not a sign you're supposed to become a shamanic healer. And I see people making linking those two ideas all the time. Instead of recognizing, yes, you have a deep purpose, yes, your shamanic skills are helping you to feel that and to know that certainty within yourself, now use your shamanic skills to go understand what that is that you're meant to do in the world. Okay, so the most common sort of contemporary expression of deficiency in the emotional body is the depression that arises from feeling that life is meaningless. Um, and in contemporary shamanic practice, it manifests in a dogmatic practice that is not constantly renewed by the practitioner's own direct revelation, but it's just this dogmatic repetition of what their teachers have taught them. And with that dogmatic practice comes a kind of disdain or judgment from those who practice differently. And there's a lot of disdain and judgment being expressed in people's chatter on Facebook and things like that. And this, to me, is a, is a direct expression of this um, emotional deficiency. So, in other words, deficiency in the wisdom of our emotional body creates disconnection or it guides us to take action in life that creates disconnection. Um, and when the, the wisdom of the emotional body is deficient, people tend to be hurt emotionally all the time and they don't see that they don't connect with others or that they're taking actions that disconnect them from others and then they feel hurt because those others don't connect with them so it's a again uh, when we're not fully engaging the wisdom of the any of the wisdom bodies and balance they distort our perception so At the heart of the wisdom of the emotional body is openness and the resiliency to stay open in a healthy way in varied and changing circumstances. And so the wisdom of the emotional body is the ability to follow the crazy logic of life and apply the wisdom of the heart in crisis and chaos, right? And still find the connections there to be made. And in particular, the ones that need to be made and to have the courage to make them this this is how we're guided by the wisdom of the emotional body. So the fundamental wisdom of the mental body is the ability to learn. And like I said there's lots going on in the mental body but at its root, it's the ability to learn from all of these different perspectives and to engage in the process of understanding. So nowhere is this more true in our shamanic practice than we are when we are engaging with teachers constantly, I mean spirit teachers, who are constantly blowing our minds and opening us to what is really going on and continually being asked to grow bigger by the responses that we get from our helping spirits and so the wisdom of the mental body gives us the ability to discern what is going on um, and simultaneously what could be going on and what needs to be going on and to constantly be learning and growing and becoming a better and more expansive human and so the wisdom of this realm allows us far-seeing And to engage in the true code of the archetypal realm, it allows us to be deep-seeing and engage in the mythopoetic realm. And it allows us so much and to see information from many forms in appropriate context. So, for example, your journey means nothing without the context of your question or your intention. Okay so the most common contemporary excessive expression of wisdom of the mental body is the belief that the other bodies are crazy and that there's no reliable wisdom there in the other bodies and It is the expression of the dogma that the wisdom of the mind is the only valid wisdom so in shamanism, this gets expressed unconsciously in the practices that are all about journeying without application um, but d de- and and instead of applying and thinking about what the journey is saying, this sort of default application of love and light to everything. And manifestations of deficiency in the mental wisdom body um, is in any manifestation of just simply choosing not to learn. So at the heart of the wisdom of the mental body is clarity, seeking to be clear about what's not working but not fixating on it, and using that information to inform and open the path of learning and so and learning this this whole piece learning is a fundamental piece in the five pieces that create the cycle of Aini so this this is not just me making up contemporary stuff this is deeply embedded in the wisdom of shamanic cultures and so the wisdom of the mental body is learning to see beyond what is apparent and it precisely to do what Einstein is famous for having, well he's famous for many things but what he said is problems cannot be solved with the same mindset that created them, this is the fundamental wisdom then of the mental body okay so finally the fundamental wisdom of the spiritual body is our knowing of our connection to the larger existence whether we call it oneness or the divine, whatever we want to call it it's about our ability to renew our little selves with the big self and then to apply ourselves here through our little human self. So at the core of this wisdom is the understanding of the true power and the right use of it. One of the uh, most powerful contemporary expressions of this um, was the wisdom of many people in South America who decades ago um, said, we don't want your aid, we want to exchange with you. And that has completely changed the way we engage with the indigenous wisdom in South America relative to other continents. Okay, so the most common expression of excess and being out of balance in the wisdom of the spirit body is all of the ungrounded shamanic practices all over the Western world, living in this idealistic expression of shamanism without asking yourself, so what? What did that journey mean and how does it grow corn? What is it creating right now in the world? And so, an excess attachment to spiritual beliefs without allowing the wisdom of the spirit body to keep challenging and renewing itself, this is one of the excessive ex- expressions in the spirit wisdom body and this needs to keep renewing in a way that keeps the mind and the heart um, one of the excessive expressions is that the spirit ideas keep renewing in a way that keep the mind and the heart in conflict, and this stagnates the chi. And further keeps the wisdom of the spirit body from moving and renewing itself. That's the excessive spirit ideas that, in other words, aren't really applicable. Okay, But the deficiency in the wisdom of the spirit body often results in hopelessness. And feeling stuck with no power to affect change in the world. You know, basic powerlessness. And so this is often manifest in the justification to abuse power through the use of our shamanic skills. In other words, of not trusting Patience, um, not trusting your spirits, not trusting the principles of the right use of power, but deciding that you in this case know what is right, therefore it's all right to say, well, her spirit gave me permission to do the work when the person didn't, right? And so that's a really common, simple expression of deficiency in our actual relationship with the wisdom of the spirit body. So the heart of the wisdom of the spirit body is actually understanding power, what it really is, what your relationship is with it, and therefore the right use of power. And the wisdom of the spirit body is how do we use our power in the world. And so this is really for me the great value of the cycle teachings relative to other sets of teachings is they help me as a contemporary person understand how to access all of my wisdom bodies and to bring them into my shamanic practice. And then the cosmology of the cycle teachings puts them into their complementary dualistic relationships of the mental and emotional wisdom bodies and the physical and the spiritual uh, wisdom bodies, and how that synergizes the dynamics and the growth of a human being. And so this is this is the potential in our shamanic work, and this is where I'm asking us to go is to is to risk the realm beyond the wisdom of the mental wisdom body and engage in developing the wisdom of all of our wisdom bodies. And I have enormous gratitude to the helping spirits for teaching me all of this because certainly there weren't humans around doing it. And I give great gratitude to my ancestors. I give thanks to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. I want to remind everybody that there's lots of classes happening now on the lastmaskcenter.org website. There's um, Healing the Ancestral Lines in Portland in February 26-28. Energy Clearing in Portland, April 22nd through 24th, and Massive Illusion and the Authentic Stealth is still taking registrations. It's happening in June 7th through 12th on Woodby Island in Washington, and the registration is on the website now. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.